The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. We have an extra credit episode for you today. Per usual, I'm your host, Tyler, and I'm here with the one and only Ben Wade. And we have a special guest this morning, Kyle Warren. Hey, hey. What's up, baby? Welcome to the podcast. Studio. Man, man, I'm excited to hang out with y'all. Thanks for letting me hang out today. Kyle, glad to have you. Yeah. Ben. How's life been? Mm. It has been really good. I'm enjoying the cold weather. You know, Thanksgiving was great. Cold temperatures. I love this time of year. I'm allergic to the cold. I have a condition called cold ulticaria. I learned that recently. So I hate the wintertime. It makes me break out in hives. That's a real name. Like you just... Yeah. Yeah. I researched it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought when I learned that about you, I thought you were joking. Nobody believes me. Yeah. I went to the doctor about it, and they laughed at me. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. And they brought out a bag of ice, and they just started rubbing my body down. And they called in all the other doctors, and they were just, like, pointing at me and laughing. It's like, this is a real thing. Can you help me, please? Well, the first time I saw it, you had filled out the allergy section on the uh, (laughs) registration form for the impact summit. And you just put the cold. And I thought that was your way of telling us to make sure that it wasn't too cold in all the rooms. (laughs) And then you told me the true story. Like, what happens? So, um, my, I, I don't know exactly what happens, but I think you have antihistamines in your body that are supposed to run to heat up parts of your body that's cold. Mine run in the opposite direction. So instead of going to help, they isolate. Mm-hmm. And like my hands and feet just swell up and get numb. And if they get too cold, I can't move them. And then the rest of my body breaks out in hives. It's the weirdest thing. So if y'all want to gift Tyler some toboggans and gloves for Christmas, yeah, he and, he'll accept them. And some Allegra. <laughs> that does the trick. <laughs> anyway, whenever we have somebody new on the podcast, we normally throw out some random questions per Ben. Ben is our, not only is he our commentator guy, he's also the question man. Mm. So Ben, what kind of questions do you have for Kyle? Kyle, we just want to let um, the people have an opportunity to get to know you. So we're going to start right here. What stresses you out more than anything? You know, all right. So me and my wife, Brooke, just had this conversation the other day, actually. Um, I, I hate picking, like making a choice about something that, affects what other people will experience. So like if, if I have to make a choice about like right or wrong, do we do this? Do we do that? That's easy. Do that all day long. But like my birthday, you know, everybody on your birthday, right? It's always like, Hey, it's your day. Let's go eat where you want to eat. I hate that. Hate it. I tell all the time, like, look, what I want is for you to pick a place. Make me not choose. That's Mm -hmm. what I want. Yep. It, it really is interesting. Like when we go to lunch, we'll just drive around Hattiesburg asking each other where you want to go eat. <laughs> Everybody trying to make peace. It, it's just the like, like there's just something in me, like all sorts of anxiety when it's like, man, if, if we go here and it's my choice and you have a bad meal, then I feel like I ruined something for you. It's you all know? your fault. Yeah. So I just, 
I'd rather you choose so I know you get a good meal and I'll be happy with whatever. There we I'm, go. I'm easy. That'll work. Well, speaking of easy, we are in the most easy book of all of Scripture. It's a great way to end the year. The book of Revelation. I mean, who Just doesn't want to go into straightforward, very practical, easy to understand? Revelation. And now to catch everybody up on that, now we've, we've been walking through um, our study in house church with our teachings from Sunday on the book of Romans. And so your reference to we being in the book of Revelation right now is to our church-wide reading plan. That's right. right? Okay. Yeah. And everything I just said was all facetious, not practical, not easy to understand. It can be challenging. (laughs) Could also be a blessing. Absolutely. Ben, to get us kicked off, will you read Revelation Chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Yep. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. The time is near. One thing I want to point out is uh, the word revelation comes from the Greek word where we get our word apocalypse, which basically means an unveiling, or this is the story about things that are to come. All right, so on that, what do you think, because it starts with talking about the revelation, that these are things that must soon take place. What is that soon? Because like I, I watched a video the other day that was like, hey, look, we got 20 years max, right? And so, so for some people, that's soon, but I don't like, what, what does that mean? Yeah, and there have been people predicting yeah. the end time since. There's a new line drawn every five years because we got the last line wrong. Right, in current events. So, mm-hmm. so what is soon? Well, um from the Greek, the word soon is takai, and I'm not, I'm not a Greek scholar, so I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but that is where we get our word um, tachometer, which is what measures speed, um, particularly like the RPMs on your car. Um, so it, it means quickly, in a hurry, and the idea is not necessarily um, from when Revelation was written that it will soon take place, but once these events begin to take place, it is going to happen rapidly. Mm. Like once the ball gets rolling, it's going to hit quickly, mm. and everybody's going to know. You know the the great encourager that is Jeff Clark, our lead pastor. So um, encouraging. He is. Um, it's a spiritual gift. One of the things, speaking of encouragement, that he said uh, earlier, as a matter of fact, he said, you know, the 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 minute you're born, you start dying. As that soon is as you're born, your death starts. Because everything in the world is passing away. But, I mean, I, there's obviously truth in that. But in what you're talking about, you know, um, the, the idea is like, man, if you're looking for your last days, hey, you found them. Like, we're there. We found it. You know, that, that everything's passing away. And so we're we're in the last days for all of us. Yeah, in one way or the other. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Kyle, what does it mean when it says blessed are those mm-hmm. who read this book? You know, th- that is a, a super unique line. Well, it's 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredibly unique for Scripture itself because it's the only, this is the only book in Scripture that I'm aware of that, like, speaks a blessing over its readers. It's the only place I know where an author of a, a book, an author of a letter says, hey, you will be blessed by reading this, which I think for us, I mean, as we get into this and in our reading plan, like, that's a good reminder because we're at, you know, we're, we're in the holidays, we're at Christmas, Revelation is not where our mind typically is, but, um, man, there, there's, there's an encouragement in this to, like, not give up, you know, like, man, don't, I, I know it's easy to shift gears and kind of, okay, I made it this far, maybe I'll just kind of ease out of this one now, ease out of this book, but, like, there, there is a blessing here in this, and so, man, don't, don't give up, don't, don't quit yet, like, hang in there, um, there, there's a blessing in the store. And I think, you know, like my, my idea here is I, I think the blessing is a confidence in God's power. Mm-hmm. Because like when, when you zoom out and you look at the big picture of Revelation, kind of the big emphasis, the major emphasis of this, this letter is, hey, God wins. Right. Right. Like when you, when you get through all the different imagery and, and all that kind of stuff, the, the, the end result is Satan is defeated, God wins. And so in my mind, the, the blessing there in this letter is that we walk away with a confidence that says, man, no matter how dark the night is, the sun's going to rise. That's right. Literally, the sun will return again. You know? um, and so there's this confidence that, man, no matter what you're going through, hey, God wins. Like, mm-hmm. God, God wins. And so to me, I think that's the blessing John's talking about. Yeah, for sure. Letter. Gives us good perspective. Yeah, and I'm I'm grateful that we're having this conversation because the um, dynamics are of me completing our reading plan of through the New Testament are against me mm-hmm. because of all the things you just mentioned, and then typically get to Revelation and go, oh yeah, like you said, this is an easy one for me to kind of check out on. So, mm-hmm. wh- what, Kyle? How? What kind of perspective? or advice would you offer people on how to approach reading this book? Well, I think it's important to keep its context in mind, right? And so, like, we know you you read the first couple of chapters here is all about John writing to some local churches, the church in Sardis, the church in Ephesus, the church in Laodicea, um, verse uh, four. We didn't. We we stopped just short of that. But John says, "Hey, like this is to the seven churches." He goes on later, um, verse ten, verse eleven of chapter one, that when he's quoting the words that he's hearing from Jesus, you know, Jesus is telling him, "Hey, write these words and send it to the churches." And so it's important as we approach this to understand, like the context is, John's writing to the local church and for the local church. And there's this kind of invitation at the end of the book of, hey, come in, come into the presence of God and um, come into to, to, to his family, right? Um, so as we approach this, I think it's important to understand like its context and, and why John is writing it. Um, and there's, there's so much uh, like, like imagery and prophecy. And I think with that, man, we, we got to be willing to, to hold it with a little bit of an open hand, um, Man, if I could encourage anything here, like I would say that we don't say I don't know enough, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, I, like, this is a perfect revelation. Is a perfect reminder of like, man, there's just some things we don't know. I don't know, and 
And I think that's okay. Like, I think it's okay to just say, man, I don't, shoot, I don't know what that means, but. Yeah, for sure. And there, there's definitely a lot of unknowns. Some things that you can do to remedy some of that is to understand that about 90% of this book refers back to the Old Testament. So there's just north of 400 verses, 360-ish of those are directly connected to the Old Testament. So if you're studying through this and you want to gain a deeper understanding, having a study Bible that's got cross-references to it is going to be a big help. Because when we, when we read with all this symbolic language, all, all of that is pointing back to the Old Testament. So for um, so to your point, Kyle, about like recognizing the primary audience and everything like mm-hmm. that, who John was writing to, these people knew the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So when they read the seven lampstands, they're like, oh, yeah, we know what that is. We read the seven lampstands and we're like, hmm, what is that? I have no clue what that means. I got a lamp in the corner. Yeah. (laughs) We got a couple lamps in the studio. (laughs) One of the reasons why there's so much symbolic language in this book is because... um, one, one is prophetic. It's pointing to the future. Mm-hmm. This is a timeless book. And, and the, um, the tendency for languages is to change really quick. Mm-hmm. For example, I love playing basketball. Being, y'all know this about me. Um, I talk a lot of trash, and I love being out there on the court. Growing up, when we said somebody was cold, it meant they couldn't make a shot. They have gone cold. Now, when we say... Oh, that dude's cold. It means he's good. And like the that word has changed meaning in a few short years. Mm. And that's how common language is. But mm-hmm. this symbolic language, there's an opportunity for us to go back and study and understand what it means. Yeah. And one of the things too I, I would say on that, when we start talking about like interpreting some of these things, like we gotta understand there's a difference in clear revealed truth. Jesus said, I'm the son of God. Like that's a clear revealed truth. And we got to hold that like in, in a tight hand. Um, and then there's, there's prophecy, you know, there's, there's this imagery and we got to be willing to hold that much, much more loosely right. um, than, than what's clear revealed truth. There's a, um, a principle, something that, that I've called like the, the fallacy of the Pharisees or the Pharisee fallacy. When you read the gospels, the Pharisees that Jesus always interacted with, I mean, they were brilliant dudes. Like they, they studied Old Testament prophecy. They had it memorized. I mean, they, they knew more than any of us will ever hope to learn. Um, and in that, they still got it wrong. Like they were so convinced, they were so staunch in their interpretation of what things could be that they missed what God was doing. Um, and so for us, for me, like, as we read through some of this stuff <clears throat> and we, we try to interpret and understand what some of the imagery and some of the prophecy is, like, I want to be careful that I don't get too staunch in my interpretation of like, oh, this has to mean that thing that I miss what God is doing. That's right. You know, like I want to hold some of that with an open hand and say, hey, look, God's ways are higher than my ways. You know, he, he can do immeasurably more than I could ever think or imagine. And so... I would guess that God's going to do some things that's going to blow my mind. Right. So don't be too dogmatic with your interpretation of it. Right. Because so much of that changes with current events. Mm -hmm. 
question the the Pharisee fallacy. Is, like did that? you coin that? Is that is that an original? To, I need to trademark it. Yeah. Because what I do is I quote people all the time, and I don't remember who it is, and that's why Ben always jokes with me. It's like as Tyler always says, because <laughs> it's definitely not an original. I, I I don't think I've read that anywhere. So that's that's a Kyle original, ladies and gentlemen, introduced here on the Unschooled and Ordinary. Podcast. Somebody's gonna prove me wrong on that, but. So all of that to say, when you get to the book of Revelation, not revelations, the singular, not plural, Mm. don't shy away from this book. I I found it interesting when I learned that Martin Luther, you know, the father of the Protestant Reformation, and John Calvin, these two guys did not appreciate the book of Revelation, and they chose not to uh, see it as inspired as the inspired Word of God. In fact, John Calvin wrote commentary on every book of the New Testament except for Revelation hmm. because in, in their mind, they could not see something like this take place. You know, uh, Luther was born in uh, the 1400s. Calvin was born shortly after. And do y'all know what happened in 1942? Tell us. Columbus <laughs> uh-huh. sailed the ocean blue. Oh, you have you got me on the 1942. I thought it was 1492. Yeah, well, I'm dyslexic, <laughs> so that's what just happened there. <laughs> I'm tracking with you. I'm tracking. Yeah. So, well, well, they're all much younger country than I yeah, ever thought. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 1492. You know, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and uh, we now live in a globalized world. So we live in a world where. We, we can read Revelation and see, oh, well, that could happen. That is very probable. Hmm. When those guys read it 400, 500 years ago, 600 years ago, they were like, uh, that's impossible. Hmm. So we see the, the timelessness of Scripture, how God's Word remains true. So in all that to say, don't shy away from this book. It can be intimidating. It can be confusing. But... It reveals to us what the future holds for us, mm. and that's a good thing. Kyle, you said something about not being discouraged when reading this. Yeah, uh, we were talking about this earlier with Blake, um, Blake Houston, our Gulf Coast campus pastor, um, and, and Blake made such a good point. He said that, you know, it, if we read a Revelation and we we walk away from it with anxiety, from worry, or with worry, or with stress, then we probably have the wrong lens on. We're probably looking at it through the wrong perspective because we should walk away from this book with hope. It It, it is, at the end of the day, a hope-filled book. It's, it's written for the purpose of hope, to remind us that God wins. And mm-hmm. so and as, as we read through it, like it's a great check for our spirit, for our heart, that man, is, we, we should walk away with hope, mm-hmm. not worry, because the whole point of the book is... God wins. That's right. And if you're reading chapter 6 through chapter 16, uh, like you wake up that day and and that's one of the chapters for the day, um, you may leave discouraged because in those 10 chapters, it's all about judgment. It's about the seven years of judgment, and those are some very dark days that this world will endure. But just know that is for a very short period of time. And after that, we see that um, the corrupted governments of the world are dismantled, Satan is destroyed, 
and Jesus comes back with a new heaven and new earth. He wins. He wins. So it ends on a great note. And so in all that, we're just saying don't shy away from it. Lean into this. Ask questions and be blessed because of it. Y'all got any final thoughts? Just encouragement to everybody to finish strong and and uh, like you said, lean in each day. I read this the other day. It says, given enough time in the right conditions, a river can slice through rock, leaving canyons that are thousands of feet deep. It's because the river is persistent. It's the same way with the Bible. If we take time to read and reflect on it, it'll make an impact on our lives almost without us knowing it. So I think to just take the approach of, man, just show, keep showing up every day, even though we find ourselves in the book of Revelation, which can be a challenge to read, just keep showing up and God's word's alive and active and it's going to work in our life. That's right. And God will reveal himself one day at a time. Mm-hmm. There we go. Kyle, thanks for joining us today. Man, thank you. We sure enjoyed it. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you need anything, we're always here for you. We love you. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in house church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit venturechurch.org slash housechurch.